I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Tuesday. Saints win and Winston looks great. His odds to be the week one starter surge for the Saints. Jacksonville, though, sneaks in the back door to cover, but Lawrence looks lousy again. In baseball tonight, Baltimore has lost 18 straight games. If you had bet $100 and let it ride on them losing, you would have made over $150,000. But somehow Baltimore is taking a lot of money tonight, and they're almost even odds against the Angels. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. Live in Las Vegas, live on a Tuesday, live on 225 FS1 state or FSR stations across this great, great nation. AJ Hoffman, dental appointment. I don't know, Jonas. You come from Texas, you you move to Vegas, and all of a sudden you're getting your teeth fixed. <laughs> I, I'm not judging it. I mean, that's what happens. Is you know they say they go Hollywood sometimes. <laughs> what do you think about that, Jonas? I, I mean, did he mean to get them fixed, or is somebody fixing them for him because he might have? Uh, I've seen Casino too many times, so I just wonder whether or not well, uh, you, know, you know there's some card counting thing. or something. Or well, you know. listen, when you're when you're a undefeated as a professional <laughs> UFC fighter, you're that's usually going to do all right in those street fights. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Very true. Uh, and uh, RJ, on a day in which we've got some bad news out of Jacksonville for the Jaguars as they head into the season, and a look back on a quarterback competition that may have been concluded last night, what is the Vegas lead here on this Tuesday? Yeah, I think we recap that big game Monday night and specifically start with uh, Winston and his prospects to start after that strong performance. Yeah, and it was the New Orleans Saints with a 23-21 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars on the debut of Monday Night Football. Just the preseason, but still Monday Night Football last night at New Orleans. And Jameis Winston was the story. He gets the start for the Saints. 9 of 10, a buck 23 in the air, two touchdowns, no picks as he tries to win that quarterback competition against Taysom Hill. Yes, and if you dig into the Per play grading, PFF has him at a 90, which is better than any quarterback's done in, in history. Now, obviously, it's easier to do it in a portion of a game, but this was a performance by Winston that was better than Aaron Rodgers last year across the season, better than Mahomes. So, obviously, a super high level, and the odds have adjusted accordingly. Entering the game, Winston to be the starter, week one, minus 190. Now minus 350. So currently a 75% chance Winston is the week one starter. Taysom Hill, his grade PFF was 55, which is not good. Hint, hint, we'll be talking in a few minutes about Trevor Lawrence's grade. This is the territory we're going to be in. Um, (laughs) And to me, well, I've got some thoughts on the starter, but, but... 
Jonas, first, the eye test, obviously Winston looked good. Did you see anything in particular of note? Yeah, no, I thought he looked really good, especially on the deep ball. And I, I just wonder how much, you know, how kind of a breath of fresh air maybe for Sean Payton, because that hasn't really been Drew Brees' success, being able to go downfield and go downfield deep like uh, Jameis Winston did. Um, but I, I thought Jameis Winston looked really good. Uh, to me, I, I don't even think it's a competition at this point. I think he's going to be the starter. I think there's a higher ceiling with him. And it just feels like you've got to work really, really hard to try and make things happen happened with Taysom Hill in the game and Jameis Winston just feels more mat- more natural back there as the starter. So here's the question. Is the Saints lack playmakers? We know that. Uh, especially with you know the current status of uh, Thomas is even more so. So now the question becomes does that make it where a running quarterback like Taysom Hill is more viable, has a higher basement, because listen, play playmaking is going to be at a uh, at a premium because the Saints don't have much of it. Taysom Hill is probably one of the key playmakers they've got. Maybe he needs to be on the field, or the same argument could be no. Taysom is one of those playmakers. He needs to be at halfback or you know whatever kind of hybrid he plays and Winston be the quarterback so if we assume and it is an assumption the Saints are going to really acknowledge the fact that playmakers are scarce for them does that help Winston or Taysom Hill be the starter in this case uh, the the second part of it I thought what you said was is accurate when it came to Taysom Hill and his involvement in the offense I think even if he loses out on this quarterback competition I think he's going to be heavily involved because yeah without Michael Thomas you know, like, like, what are we, what are we looking at when it comes to the Saints? You know, Marquez Callaway looked good last night, but he's a second-year player out of Tennessee. Uh, we're not sure whether or not that's just preseason football or whether or not he can continue that. You know, later on in the year, um, it, it, they've got the offensive line, they've got the ability to block and protect the quarterback. I think we're going to still see a lot of Taysom Hill. I just don't think it's going to be a quarterback. Although they could use him at times, try and get creative, put him back there. You know, maybe uh, you know, flank uh, Jameis Winston out to kind of give a you know a different look like they did a couple of times with Drew Brees but I just feel like Jameis is the better guy for the gig right now yeah and in a weird way it might be decided by the fact that they can't because if, if if Taysom is quarterback and Winston a vast majority of the time will not be on the field there might be a gadget play here or there but you're pretty much saying these are two of our I think most people would agree two of their top 10 players they're certainly um yeah, I, I think that's pretty accurate. With one choice, Taysom Hill starting, one has to sit on the bench. With the other choice, with Winston starting, Taysom Hill can play every play yeah. on offense, and it wouldn't be unusual. So I think that certainly points in that direction. It is important to note that the betting on this is about who takes the first snap in week one. I think it'd be interesting if they had betting. Now, people don't want to hold their money and let it be held that long, but who takes the most snaps throughout the year? Because right now, you know, we are pretty sure, and the odds say 75% chance of Winston taking the first snap, but would we be as sure if it was the most snaps in the season? I would be, yeah. But with the Bears, for example... 
That's interesting, Jonas. If I said, okay, right now Andy Dalton's been named, reaffirmed as the starter, and we won't get too sidetracked with the Bears, but if I if I said to you, okay, who's going to take the most snaps this season, Fields or Dalton, who do you pick there? Oh, Fields. Yeah. Because yeah. if they go to him, it's probably going to be early on when they realize we got a problem here. That, and that Andy Dalton's Andy Dalton? <laughs> yeah. And, and these, the, you know, Matt Nagy's coaching for his job. So he, he he can't wait around till the end of the year just to give him a preview to the next year because he won't be around next year. And if they make the switch to Justin Fields, you can't go back afterwards. Like, he's mm-hmm. got to be the guy to finish out the year. So, yeah, I would say Justin Fields. It's like the Nagy goes, wait a minute, it's that Andy Dalton? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we we are straight out of Vegas. Okay, let's transition and look at this game from the Jags side. Um, obviously, the injury, and we had it in the news to start, Jonas, but you want to make it official? Yeah, Travis Etienne, the rookie running back out of Clemson. He was taken in the first round. Actually, one pick after the first running back off the board, RJ. Najee Harris to your Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm -hmm. Travis Etienne uh, suffering the Liz Frank injury. There was some optimism that he would miss some time, but uh, that it was just a sprain earlier in the day. But then it was reported by Adam Schefter later on that he is going to miss the entire season. So a first-round draft pick for the Jags now for the year. You know, when McKenzie was younger, like 14, 15, he saw Liz Frank a couple of times being the cause of guys being out. And he was like, that girl gets around, man. I mean, what kind of trouble is she calling? Is that true, McKenzie? Yeah, exactly true. Exactly right. (laughs) That was pretty good. Okay. Um, Obviously, bad news for Jacksonville. I I mean, it felt like a, a lot of people felt like that was a pick. That was kind of an indulgence that, you know, you have a good running back, uh, you know, a guy that emerged last year and in, in, a, in a, a surprisingly strong way, uh, James Robinson. Yeah. But I, I think there was some real excitement about Urban Meyer doing something different, uh, you know, with the idea of a, you know, guy that can catch passes just as easy as he can run the ball. People forget Urban Meyer when he was at Utah, was a true innovator offensively. Later, he became more of a CEO, administrator, not saying he didn't contribute to the schemes, but he initially was one of the brightest offensive minds. Now, is he still in a position to come to the NFL and innovate? We'll see. What I can say for sure is my um, skepticism of Trevor Lawrence is continuing to bear fruit. I'm waiting for the time he has a good game. I don't think he's had a good game in college. I I think the last good game he had was in October, actually, last year. I'm not impressed. Listen, when you have the physical skills, you're going to throw some nice balls. You're going to say, look, Sam Darnold did, right? It's funny. When I hear the analysis of Trevor Lawrence, it sounds a lot like the analysis of Sam Darnold, whereas they talk about his his characteristics, his arm strength, his this, his that, his height. But where is it on the field? I'm not impressed. What do you think? Yeah, it it does not look good. And just seeing them offensively, you know, Urban Meyer talked about it afterwards. They don't seem to be on the same page. They can't block anybody. Like, I'm actually wondering whether or not uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to finish the season. uh, Because of injury. Yeah, like we were talking earlier today and and just kind of threw out, okay, over under 15 and a half games, Trevor Lawrence starts this year for Jacksonville. At this point, I take the under. I, I don't see how they can keep him healthy. 
healthy. He was sacked 33 times total at Clemson. He's going to eclipse that by like week 10 or 11. I mean, like it, it, it feels like this could be a really, really rough go for him the entire year. So in the first game, this is preseason, but in theory, that's when you're supposed to shine. First game against the Browns, his PFF grade, Trevor Lawrence, 59. Uh, so that's um, below replacement level. So like we said, if they put a sign up in front of the stadium, anyone quarterback in high school, someone probably was all state that's walking in there, <laughs> you know, or Tebow. And that, I mean, if Tebow's happens to be at the game, that's the level we're talking about when we say replacement. Now, I'm kind of teasing, but not really. It means if you had to pick from players not affiliated with teams, that's replacement. It's not anything else. That's the level he was at in game one. 65 grade, which is also replacement level, 59 then 65. And as we said, Winston, 96, the best quarterbacks are in the 90s. I think, Mackenzie, take a gander. I think last year there was maybe five or six quarterbacks that were in the low 90s. But um, so it's not like 90 is impossible to attain. And, you know, then you've got the 80s and the 70s. And now we're into the 60s. And then obviously last game it was 59. Did you have that number? Yes, there was five quarterbacks above 90. Yes. Yeah. And then how many in the 80s? Just to get a feel of like how, like 64, or maybe 11. even 11, 11 in the 80s. 11 additional. So 16 in the 90s or the 80s. Yes. Okay. And who had the worst, like, I, I guess a grade of 65, like Lawrence had in this game. Who was around a 65 for the season? Nick he, Foles, Jimmy ooh, Garoppolo, ooh. Taysom Hill, all right in that range. And Jonas. Tua. And Tua. Oh, what do you think, Josh? Yeah, that's a not good company to be in. Um, you know, I mean, Nick Foles, 2017, you know, hip, hip, hooray. But, yeah, not uh, <laughs> not the, the the company you want to be in when it comes to that uh, last year. I, this is, It does not look good. And, and I don't know. I, what's the over the season win total on Jacksonville is I think I saw it. It was at six or six and a half. I, I want to say like, I, I think that's that, that's where we were at before the year. Oh, if McKenzie current, current number, McKenzie. Just under six and a half, six point four. So what they're saying is that they're going to lose eleven games this year. Urban Meyer lost nine his entire time at Ohio State. I, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I and and he walked away from two jobs where he was really successful and, and winning a bunch of games because it just wore him out. I, I just, if this goes as bad as it looked last night, I, I don't know how long how long he is for the job. Well, I will say this as a Buckeye graduate a fan of the team, his, you know, I mean, remember he walked away from, as you said, from Florida too. Yeah. And to me, it was like, um, you know, you, no one, it's not like we want someone to have their health suffer like in some severe way. So when they say health, it's hard to be critical, but it didn't, let's just say amongst the high state fans, there was a sense of, well, if you don't want us, we don't want you. We, you know, the fans appreciate the good success, but, the reality is they, you know, they want the kind of guys to bleed scarlet and gray. And I don't see how the case is going to be made. that urban Meyer is going to bleed Jacksonville uh, colors, whatever those are. Yeah. So I, I, I think this is about, in fact, I don't think it's, I think, I know this is about Trevor Lawrence. And here's the thing, Jonas, in two years and three in year three, 
and that's the year, you know, typically quarterbacks have, uh, you know, they struggle their rookie year. Second year that you see some growth, and then you see a jump in three. Now, again, it can be different. Obviously, we have exceptions. But if Trevor Lawrence is the 10th best quarterback in the NFL in year three, that's why Urban Meyer came out, because now he'll be 10th and then 6th, 7th, or 8th. And once he gets there, you can win a Super Bowl. And how many chances do you have? I mean, how often does a quarterback who could very reasonably be top eight, and I'm not a Trevor Lawrence fan, but I, he, could, he could be top eight pretty reasonably, how often does that job open up? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's a tough. I mean, it, it's I mean, all they're all yeah. they're they're tied together. They're basically tied together. And 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 to me, I think he's saying, yeah, I'm going to have to go through a couple. You know, let's say it's 50-50. He thought Trevor Lawrence would get to that level, so he figures 50 percent of the time, I'm going to have year three, four, five, six to potentially win a Super Bowl of Trevor Lawrence's career, and his you know NFL coaching career would be the same. And if somehow he doesn't pan out. Yeah, the, the same health issues. You know, my family wants me to hang out or be around more, so I'm I'm quitting Jacksonville. It was a pleasure, and I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be great. But that's probably what happens after year three if he doesn't surge, Trevor Lawrence. And you know what? It's a pretty smart play, right? Because he's making a lot of money along the way. And if somehow Urban Meyer wins a, a, a Super Bowl, you know, him and Jimmy Johnson will be on the list, right? Yeah, Jimmy Johnson, Pete Carroll, um, of guys that have won in both. Oh, that's yeah. true, Pete Carroll. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that's a pretty prestigious list. Yes. No. No doubt. No doubt. I, and and look, he's he's had success every step of the way. So you know, it's it's definitely one of those you know, give him time to to figure it out. But he looks really really worn down already. Two games in, it just <laughs> it, just, it looks like it's really got uh, got gotten a little bit of him. So I, I don't know. I'm just I'm a little skeptical how this whole thing's going. Might go. might be that Liz Frank. I mean, she gets around. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to stay in the NFL and we're going to talk about the Chicago Bears and their quarterback situation and COVID cam and how mad is Belichick. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. On Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the heavens gonna fall. The government I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will take a closer look at a quarterback competition in the AFC that appears to be heating up. And let me tell you, Jonas, Hollywood Hoffman has made an appearance. He makes a big show of it coming in after the show started. Hey, everyone, look, I came from the let, – let's, let's hear how he sounds. Hollywood, how you feeling? I'm, I'm okay. Do I sound normal? Uh, yeah, you sound slurred but normal. Okay. Well, that's because I've been drinking, not because I've been at the dentist. So, <laughs> so we, were, we were speculating – is it just in Texas there's not good dental care, or is it that no. now you're in Vegas, you want to look better? What is it? No, it's because I, I'm switching health and dental insurance, and I was like, oh, well, so I've, pa- I've got- you're piling on at the end. 
I'm piling on at the end. Well, listen, those insurance companies do just fine. So I think go for it. Go for it. They'll be all right. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. The audience has doubled in the last year plus. Thank you for the support. Why has it doubled? Because you've spread the word. And we'll keep working extra hard to have the most entertaining and profitable show possible. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas. Here in Vegas on the Strip, 103 degrees, the neon is flowing. So RJ, Bill Belichick, head coach for the New England Patriots, acknowledged that it's a big week for Mac Jones, who will be getting reps with the number ones and the starters there in New England based on the fact that Cam Newton, the other quarterback in competition for the starting job, what is being called a misunderstanding uh, during COVID protocols away from the team, he is going to be for- forced to miss five straight days there so he can participate virtually but nonetheless it is mac jones with an opportunity here and to the point of belichick saying as much when asked about it and you know his answer was uh you know is this an opportunity and his answer was it is so belichick is famous for you know you play your way onto the field and you know he's got his uh, theory in the preseason, which is you play your players a lot. And remember, it was since 2012 with this new CBA, is, uh, which started in 11, but that was a weird year. So if you look at 12 as the modern era. But ever since that new CBA, Belichick has said, September is an extended preseason for me and or for this team. And we'll make decisions in September that might decrease the chance to win a game, decrease it by a small amount because we think those decisions will increase our chance to win a game in January or February even more so. Now you add less practice than ever, less off-season stuff than ever, and then you add in less preseason games and now another regular season game. So each regular season game means a little bit less, a little bit less you got to expect Belichick's concept of extending the preseason, which effectively means we're still trying to get ourselves ready to play our best football, whereas you would think week one is when you want to be ready to play your best football. He doesn't think that's possible, and this is based on what Belichick has said. So he likes to see his players play. There's a reason I don't think that Newton is going to get benched. I don't think Mac Jones is going to quarterback early. And the odds tend to agree with me. There's a 26% chance the first snap will be taken by Mac Jones. So Cam is still a significant favorite. But here's why I think Cam should be the favorite. Game four against Brady in New England. I don't think Belichick has any desire for it to be a Mac Jones versus Tom Brady. And I'm not sure Belichick thinks like that. But man, oh man, if if he even considers it, and let me ask you, Jonas, and we'll go to AJ, is it feels like that would be a no win for Mac Jones. Because even if somehow he had a monster game and beat Brady, then all that attention and all that, you know, it's just it's the kind of stuff Belichick seems to hate. I bet he doesn't like this game even. Why ramp it up and th- throw fuel on the fire by having the heir apparent? In playing Brady. 
Yeah, I don't I don't think he goes that direction. I don't think he puts him in that spot because, as you mentioned, it's an impossible spot for him to be in. You know, the one thing about Cam Newton that we know he can deal with, that, you know, the big spot. He's been under the spotlight his entire career all the way back to college. So I, I don't think Belichick would put Mac Jones in that spot uh, unless look if 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 Mac Jones and I think we talked about it, if Mac Jones absolutely without a shadow of a doubt was the best quarterback on the team and gave them the best opportunity to win, then I think that Belichick would consider it. But even if it's a close call, I think the tie goes to Cam Newton. I think it, especially until week four is played. AJ, what do yeah. you think? I think that week four is key because if let's just, if it's a win for the for the Patriots and all the better and you keep rolling with Cam Newton, if, it's, if somehow Cam looks bad in that game and you're looking for a reset, the next few games for the Patriots are Texans, Cowboys, Jets. So you've got a soft spot. Spot to, to work Mac Jones in into something a little more comfortable than going up against the Super Bowl champions. So I, I think that if that four weeks may be the deciding factor on who, who's going to be the quarterback of this team for the rest of the season. And if Cam can get through that four games and look good, then maybe he holds on. And if he doesn't look good, the, after that Bucks game seems like a good time to start transitioning. Well, Hollywood, when you were doing Hollywood things earlier in the show, we asked the following question. If the bet was who takes the most snaps throughout the season, Cam Newton or Mac Jones, who do you take there? I think I'd take Mac Jones. Okay. I, I, I tend to agree. I think he'll give Cam every shot, but they, they took him 15 for a reason, and he's looked really, really good. I mean, um, I, I mean, you could make the case. Zach, uh, I mean, Wilson – and, I mean, let me ask you, Jonas, is which of the rookie quarterbacks has looked the very best? Mac Jones. I think he's right there in the conversation. And uh, Belichick has not made it easy on him with, you know, running the two-minute off. I mean, just different things seem to be testing him and his processing speed, which is what they said all along was his calling card, Mac Jones, has been outstanding. And quite frankly... His physical quote unquote limitations, I don't know. I don't, you know, we talked about it yesterday. It seems like that maybe that ceiling is a little higher than people think. Last thought on this one open question. Uh, COVID, Cam, to my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jonas is not vaccinated. And my understanding here is that he went, tra- he traveled over the weekend. And he did not have a the proper COVID-19 test from an approved testing site. So it was an oversight on his part. But it's why the argument is, hey, get vaccinated and you won't have these issues. And it strikes me we're going to see more and more of this. Um, do you do you feel like that this is something that beyond missing time, he's missing time, that hurts him. Do you think that him not being vaccinated enters into the equation when Belichick decides who to play. No, I I don't think Belichick goes that direction. And one of the things about this story is that, you know, it was a team approved trip. 
Like, so it wasn't like, you know, they didn't know about it and he just took off. Like, uh, he, he was under the assumption everything was good to go. He was being tested. Everything was, was fine. It was approved by the team only to find out because of the protocols. There was the detail of you didn't take the proper test. Therefore, we've got to go through, you know, uh, cross, you know, cross the T's, dot the I's. And then, you know, we'll see you in five days, you know, pending, you know, multiple negative tests leading up to that point. So I think it's fair to say this is when a political organization, when I say political, I don't mean like the Democrat, Republican. I mean more when there's a lot of um, layers of bureaucracy. So maybe a bureaucratic organization, when they have to let you have the freedom to do something, but they don't want you to do it, they make the hassle around not doing it as high as possible. And this is this is like a poster child situation or poster type situation for in the NFL's mind vaccination because it's like yeah you've got to take all these extra tests and oh by the way you mess up in one small detail and you're sitting and what does that do it incentivizes people to get or players to get vaccinated where do you come down on this Hollywood? I, I mean I, you knew that that was going to be the case and that's that's the only real tool that the NFL and these other leagues have is to make it if you don't want to get vaccinated okay we're just going to make your life as difficult as possible you're gonna to have to jump through more hoops and that's their way of I think pressuring the guys to do the, what they want them to do which at the end of the day is to get vaccinated and you got to wonder with someone as no nonsense as Belichick and you know amongst the players who are not vaccinated my guess would be and this is a speculation my guess would be a significant majority, it's the principle more than a direct health concern. And I'm not saying for any individual player, and I'm not even saying that I'm 100% I'm right. But my sense is these are players that, human beings that feel almost indestructible in some ways. I don't think they're afraid of a vaccine. And I'm in no way making a judgment on that or not. To me, what you put in your body like that, it, it, especially with the history of, you know, you could really make the case that if you read through the history of what the government has done without telling people when it comes to medical care, it's scary. Now, we can say, well, it's the modern era, so it's not the same. It's like, OK, is it better? I, I think reasonable people can disagree. But if it is a matter of a principle and you have someone who's no nonsense about winning is Belichick. You got to wonder if it rubs him the wrong way, not just with Cam, but with anybody. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how the coaches respond when it really does cause a problem for the team. I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. We're going to talk about Mitch Trubisky and him compared to Josh Allen in a way that Trubisky actually looks better. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Jonas, did you notice when he said Herschel Walker is going to run for Senate? Yes. See, yeah. you think that play, was just a coincidence? To play on words. That's why he's I, I, I think so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Mr. Dan Byer. I mean, that's the kind of stuff you don't get unless it's Dan Byer. A lot of people would say he is, well, what else could you say, actually? Running is the only thing you can do for office, right? Yeah. So it. really, it was Dan didn't do anything special there. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know why why Jonas thought he did. I was I was just seeing if you were gonna call me on that. <laughs> All right, let's do this. This Trubisky is too good. So let's take our final break. We're gonna look at Trubisky versus Josh Allen, and the case could be made. Trubisky looks better at this stage, and we're gonna look at two different streaks. One, Baltimore Ravens and their win streak, and the Baltimore baseball team and a losing streak that is 18 straight. But tonight, they're about even money. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And R.J., one of these stories over the weekend that was a feel-good story for the Trubisky family was his their Mitch Trubisky performance against his former team, the Chicago Bears. They obviously parted ways during the offseason, but it was Trubisky all over his former team there at Soldier Field in a rout, a blowout, as Buffalo took care of Chicago. Okay, this is going to sound like I'm being facetious, sarcastic. Joshin, I'm not. I'm being serious. Not that I think this is certainly true, but it has all the makings that it could reasonably be true. And let me make the following point. Let's compare Josh Allen to Mitch Trubisky. Okay, Mitch Trubisky was the higher pick. So relative to what's the pedigree, how well was he respected coming into the draft, it was where Trubisky was the second pick. Josh Allen wasn't the second pick later. Okay, so you could say better pedigreed. Now, how did Trubisky do last year compared to how Josh Allen did the year before last, which was the year before he emerged, the year before the Bills and their coaching, the OC Dayball, and all the magic that they've performed on Josh Allen? And let's not forget, Josh Allen's improvement between his third or his second and third year was unlike anything we've ever seen. Not the size of the improvement, though that was all time in that category. It was his accuracy improvement. He improved in a way that just players, quarterbacks just don't improve. It's just everyone said, nope, that's it. He's, you know, he is what he is. And then last year, Josh Allen was something different, something much, much, much more amazing, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. That really is not only unusual, it was maybe one of a kind with that accuracy improvement. So there's something about what the Bills are doing, or maybe it's Josh Allen, but let's compare him to Trubisky. Not only was Trubisky drafted earlier, but last year he was number 21 in QBR, Trubisky, with a 61 Number for his QBR, 61. Josh Allen, year before last, had a 49. 12 points less. So that's not even close. I mean, that's a significant difference that the last year before the exposure to, let's say, this new bill system, Trubisky was better. Trubisky was drafted higher. And let's be honest, Trubisky looked amazing in that game. I mean, it's you could say, oh, it was preseason, and it was. But, I mean, he looked amazing. 
And my question is, how far-fetched is it that the higher-drafted player that had a better season before, in theory, he's going to emerge, that, that, that he couldn't do it? Jonas, what do you think? Uh, I yeah, I, I'm gonna go with Josh Allen on this. Uh, just, I, I <laughs> well, think Josh Allen's already happened. The question is how shocking. If I said there was a 20 percent chance of this, well, you know, one in that, five that Trubisky would have as good a year as Josh Allen had last year. Not this year because he might not even get a chance. But his that that he may have a year in the next year or two or couple in which he emerges in a way that shocks everyone. Yeah, look, I, I don't think it's that far-fetched. I've always thought, you know, there's the opportunity that he could end up in the right system like an Alex Smith who, you know, maybe didn't have the ability to throw downfield like a lot of guys but was mobile enough and, and smart enough with the football, and, and he struggled early on, but he figured it out, when, especially when he got to Kansas City. If, if Mitch finds himself the right coaching staff, you know, and, and, and they build around him, he could have some success in the league. He already has. Well, yeah, but I mean, he he did have a great second year, third in QBR. Yes, yeah, no doubt. But I, I guess the last, the way I should have maybe phrased it was, and I'll throw it to AJ this way: is would it be less of a surprise if Mitch Trubisky became a top ten quarterback than it was that Josh Allen did? Because by all accounts, Josh Allen was the bigger surprise. It, maybe it would be a bigger surprise because. We at this point we felt like Mitch Trubisky had failed his way out of being uh, even having a chance to be a starting quarterback, and Josh Allen I think last year was the year that was going to decide whether he was a bust or not, and he broke out. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tr- that I year's think, come and gone for Mitch. I think you're making a good point. Is there had been two mediocre years from Josh Allen? There's been four from Trubisky. That is a factor. I'm keeping my I, eye on it. Let's look real I, I quickly think, at baseball, uh, Jonas. Um. Oh, yeah. the, that Baltimore streak. I want yeah, to touch on and so the Baltimore Orioles, much like uh, unlike the Baltimore Ravens, when it comes to their streak in the preseason, the Baltimore Orioles have lost a bunch of games in a row. It continues to get worse and worse there for the O's in the city of Baltimore. Yeah, and sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to get we teased it. Eighteen straight losses by Baltimore. If you had bet a hundred bucks against them and let it ride and let it ride, so every time you won betting against them, you let it ride. Your hundred dollars would be a hundred and fifty thousand dollars, a little bit more than that. So it's that kind of shocking streak. But tonight against the Angels, the money has come in on Baltimore. Losers of eighteen straight, the money's pouring in on them. They did open up plus one forty Baltimore, down to plus one fifteen. So the wise guys are not afraid to fade an eighteen game losing streak. We'll see what happens. If you missed any of today's show, check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! 